Uh, welcome back to another one-on-one El Presidente de los Tiburones. Jonathan Becker, how are you this fine Friday afternoon? I'm doing well, AJ, but if we need to do this in Spanish, I'm not going to get very far. Sorry. <laughs> you and me both. <laughs> so obviously we want to talk about uh, the mayoral candidate forum that was held earlier this week. Uh I just want to, I, obviously you're not going to uh, be endorsing anybody at this point, uh, but I did want to start off with, was there anybody who perhaps impressed you more than anybody? You don't have to name them, but was there somebody who maybe stood out apart from the crowd? Yeah. So, so maybe let me answer that in two ways. First of all, all four candidates made it very clear that they think of some kind of construction mitigation plan is needed by the city to make sure that uh, fans, I shouldn't just say fans, guests, they want to come to the SAP Center, can get in in a safe and convenient way. And there isn't such a thing yet. And I think all four of them pledged that they would make sure that that happened. There were various words used like, you need a czar there that can take care of your issues, et cetera, meaning somebody in City Hall that can deal with the fact that there are 20 different departments all run slightly differently, et cetera. So I think there was some unanimity there that this is a, a big issue and that we're not just making noise for the sake of making noise. Um, as far as differentiating the candidates, um, one candidate uh, went out of their ways to say, look, let's be honest. We all want less cars. We're not going to have any less cars anytime soon. And the only way to solve this problem is to build a parking garage. I don't know if every other candidate agreed to that, but at least one said that out loud. Um, another candidate, not the same one. So I think well, there, were, there were good thoughts from each of the candidates, but I don't think there's one that had them all. Another candidate said, uh, asked the audience of the, I don't know, there was like 150 people there. How many of you used, walked or used public transportation to get here? And there was like three out of the 150. So there was a realization two of them live within a mile and they don't use public transportation to get or walk either. So I think there was a general realization we all, including me, let's be clear, want more public transportation, want more people to use alternate modes, walking, bikes, scooters, all that. But that for the foreseeable future, you can debate whether it's 10, 20, 30, 50. I'm not debating the timeline. For the foreseeable future, let's call it even 50%. It's probably bigger than that. Let's call it 50% are still using cars. So I think there was some less commonality there, but, but at least two or maybe three of the four agreed to that. And then one person went out of their way to say, you know, the Sharks, well, actually, Shark Sports Entertainment, because we're more than just the Sharks, as everyone knows, uh, don't control anything. They don't control the land they're in. They don't control the building, but yet they're paying for everything. So why why are they paying the city's portion when they're not incented to do so? Because in most cities, the city develops the building, and we do that instead. And so one candidate suggested that we should be encouraged own the building, own the dirt, something as a way of uh, investing in the building. So I think I, I'm oversimplifying an hour and a half of a conversation, but those were the highlights, I think. Well, and for anybody watching this one-on-one, uh, we do have the fur- full uh, forum on the channel here, and we'll uh, put a link up there uh, right now. But uh, yeah, there was a there was a few, I mean, I know from watching it, I know who you're talking about on certain aspects of that is, has there ever been a push, uh, whether it's been from the shark side of it or the city side for the uh, sharks to put more quote unquote skin in the game? 
<laughs> you are, in fact, quoting one of the candidates. Uh, <laughs> let's see. I think it's safe to say conversations and negotiations are confidential. Uh, and so without breaking confidentiality, I can say we've offered to do more, but haven't come to a situation where that's made sense yet. Okay. That's, I mean, obviously you can't get into the weeds, but I, I think we can all like glean a little bit from that. Uh, so we know that over the course- Because I really do, AJ, I'm sorry to interrupt you, but I really do expect this to end up in a positive resolution. I don't want to annoy anybody or piss anybody off along the way, which is why I'm trying to be careful here. No, I, absolutely. Um, now, this has obviously been going on for a while. We've talked about this before. Uh, I know- I want to say maybe it was the last discussion we had or whether it was when you addressed the media at large, but I know at one point you had mentioned that you said, well, our concerns have come down a little bit. We're not as concerned. And then I think since then you actually said, well, actually the concern level has risen a little bit. Uh, wh where are you at now? What's, what's the uh, barometer you're, you're on? So this is like DEFCON 1 versus DEFCON 5 kind <laughs> exactly. of interpretation. Uh, so look, I think you're referring to in the December, January of December 20, January 21, we reached probably peak concern, if that's even a real phrase. Um, <laughs> DEFCON 1. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Fair enough. And uh, we were very vocal with the press, with a number of people, with our fans, et cetera. And uh, after a number of months, we got what I would say more assured that this would actually work out. And so we dropped that dramatically. And uh, so I don't remember the exact time frame, but let's say early in 2021, um, we felt a lot better. Unfortunately, not a lot has changed in, the, in that year. So let's say that was roughly a year ago now. Mm -hmm. uh, to say we're the exact same place would be an exaggeration, but, to, but I will say we've underperformed jointly and I'm not blaming anybody. I'm saying the reality is, is we're not really any further along than we were then, which is why my concern is heightened because it's time is not our friend in many of these things. And so if you make very little progress over a year, I start to worry more and more. So, yeah, so, so my heightened concern isn't because things have changed. It's because they haven't really changed. That's understandable. Uh, I know one of the candidates was remarking uh, about parking garage and whatnot. My question about that um, is where, <laughs> you know, where's this phantom garage going? If you look at the, the maps and everything like that, and, and we can get into that in a moment, but I'm looking at all the development. And the first thing I heard, or one of the candidates had mentioned building a garage and then eventually that can be converted into housing and I'm just looking at the map going, where? Well, AJ, at the, again, at the risk of breaking too many confidentialities, I'll tell you, there are actually four or five, maybe even more locations that make sense to build a three, four or five story garage. I mean, one could build it directly on what's called lot ABC, which is the very large surface level parking. If, if ultimately that's going to be taken out, perhaps you could have almost as many spaces by going vertically and, mm. but shrinking the footprint. Um, some might know that there are a number of old warehouses between our building and Little Italy. Yep. Um, some of those warehouses might be suitable for parking garages over time as well. Um, Ooh, as you, but then you have the issue with ingress, egress there because those are all one-lane roads. Uh, well, that's right. So you would have to change some things in order to make that appropriate as well. 
there have been some discussions in years past that were public information about what used to be called autumn, now Barack Obama being extended so that it, uh, debt it goes around. You don't have that jog where you head down to Target as well. So that there are things that could be done to solve that problem. Uh, it, it may or may not happen. I, you know, I'm, I'm not on the board of ETA, but uh, if Deardon Station is going to be dramatically expanded, which seems to be the plan, uh, right now, there's no multi-story garage in that plan, although there was originally when the plans first became public some years ago. There was uh, either 1,100 or 1,200 uh, uh, car garage in the original plans for the BART station as well. So I don't think we should assume lack of land is the reason there's, you can't build a multi-story parking garage. There is land. Yeah. I mean, we're Silicon Valley. There's not a ton, but there's enough. <laughs> So something else that I heard that came up was the idea of a new arena eventually. I mean, it is, you know, it's a 30-year-old building, although she's aged like a fine wine. Yep. Uh, eventually, a new building will be needed. And I go back to the idea of where. So, so maybe two things. One is, uh, at the risk of sounding self-serving, the reason this building has aged by like fine wine, which I think was your phrase, AJ, yeah. is two. One is a really unusual and turns out very forward looking design. Um, we were the first of a new style of building, which is held up quite nicely. And second, almost unique in North America. I think there are a couple other venues, but it's very uncommon. We put a ton of money into the building every summer. And so, you know, there's some venues that wait 10, 15, more likely 20 or 30 years, and then put in 200 million. We put in between five and 10 million every summer. So we've collectively spent in the 30 years since the building was built more money than it costed originally to, to be built in the first place. So that's one of the reasons it feels newer because lots are new from silly things like the concrete around. We've replaced most of the concrete to the escalators and a bunch of things. So the, the shell is old, but most of the components, even like the stairs on the outside, are newer as well. That's why she looks, she's aged well. But that's not really what you meant. <laughs> Your question was, unless we're Madison Square Garden, which they rebuilt in place, yeah. and maybe there's a chance we could do that, but let's assume we don't, where else it would go? And we've done that analysis. Let's assume we want to stay in downtown San Jose, um, as opposed to some other Bay Area city or outside of the, in San Jose, but outside the downtown core or outside Silicon Valley, which we really don't want to go outside Silicon Valley. So let's assume we want to stay in the downtown core. There are really, there are only three and a half, we'll call three, even plausible locations. And by far the best one is where we are right now. Yeah. So I think in a, if you really wanted to place the building in a perfect world, you would build in the ABC parking lot. And then when you were done, you'd rip down this building and turn it back into whatever the ABC parking lot is supposed to be at that point. Yeah. That's yeah, that's kind of what I thought originally that if you go back and look at what the uh, athletics were planning like a decade ago and they were looking yep. at, you know, building to where like lot A, a right? The one across yes. the street. Yeah. So <clears throat> that and Poorhouse Bistro, that whole kind of uh, area. And it did kind of make sense that, yeah, you put it across the street, build it. And once it's complete, take the other one down. There's your parking again and whatnot. So, all right. Not AJ, having said that, I don't want anybody listening to this to think that's imminent. Um, this building has a long lifetime left. If it's properly maintained, 
which is us as operators, we will always do so. Back to the put five to 10 million in every year. There's no reason this building can't last to 2060, 2065, maybe a bit longer than that. So you might want to build a building sooner, but you don't have to build a building sooner. That's the difference. Got you. Hmm. 60 years for a building built in this design is is not unreasonable as long as somebody invests in it and does modernization. Well, similar to uh, the Oakland Arena where they did all that modernization in in the mid-90s. And then not again, unfortunately. Yeah, exactly. And now that is a building... I feel like is kind of showing its age a little bit. <laughs> you know, I don't really want to disparage any other building, but uh, hopefully we feel more modern than that one. Oh, absolutely. Now, one of the comments that I was a little kind of taken aback by was one of the candidates had said, uh, quote, no other arena has had its neighborhood transform around it. And at least for me, you might obviously have a different outlook, but what triggered in my mind was, that doesn't sound very informed because I remember what the China Basin area was like in San Francisco before the new ballpark was built. I remember what I remember seeing a concert at Reunion Arena long before American Airlines Center was put in Dallas and that area has definitely changed around the arena. So I get what the point was saying, but when I hear something like that, it just makes me go you need to do a little bit more homework, my friend. Yeah, I, so I, I remember the comment. And as always, sound bites can uh, serve as rallying cries, but maybe uh, don't have the, the nuance that we all need to solve these problems. So what I would say is, if you recall, and many of you probably are too young, what the area around the SAP Center looked like before construction began. <laughs> it was rough. Yes, uh, and for those of you who don't, there are some pictures actually in our side of our building, but you can find them on the internet as well. And if you speculate that when all this construction is done, let's call that 20 years from now, we'll probably look more like, not China Basin, but looking more like the area around Madison Square Garden. Mm-hmm. So that transformation has probably never happened in North American sports. That um, from where we were to here has happened. And from where we are to where we might go has probably happened. But the combination of the, let's call it 50-year history, I think would be unique in sports. Well, and then to have all of this basically happening happening concurrently. Yes, exactly right. Uh, that's the obvious. So, so you've hit the big issue, which is having BART come to Deerdon Station. Fantastic. That'll be really good. Having Caltrain electrified. Fantastic. That'll be really good. Having Google bring, let's call it 30,000 workers downtown with the associated restaurants. That'll be really good. Having the rest of the developers, because there's another 10 developers who are building uh, more development, almost as big as Google with about 20, that'll be good by itself. If high-speed rail figures out how to get here from SoCal, that'll be, I mean, it's hard to argue with any one of these projects on their own. On their own, they're they're good for the city of San Jose. They're good for our residents. Look, we, we all love this city. This is why we're here. But, it's a little bit like deciding to re- live in your house while you're remodeling the bathroom, the kitchen, the bedroom, putting on a new roof, changing the foundation, and not hiring a GC, and hoping that all the individual trades will talk to each other. <laughs> yeah, there has to be somebody to herd the cats. Exactly right. And not I, I have no issue. I, yeah, I have little issues with each of them. I mean, I, 
yes, I wish Google would change some things and yes, wish Bart would change some things, et cetera, but they got to do what they've got to do. But somebody's got to form general contractor and make sure that they all sync together and that all four sides of the arena aren't under construction at the same time for like a decade or more. Well, let's talk about this construction. Let's take a look at a map here. Yeah. I mean, these are some very impactful things happening here. <laughs> Indeed. So um, just uh, to orient people, uh, the bluish dark, the bluish thing that says downtown West construction, that's the Google construction. Um, the yellowish or I don't know, is that yellow? I guess we'll call that yellow. It's hard for me to tell on the screen. That's where the BART station and surrounding work they need to do in order to put the terminal in. So that's where you're going to come up from underneath with the BART. Uh -huh. The darker hash blue is where the BART construction line goes down Santa Clara. Of course, that goes all the way through downtown. Now, to be fair, uh, Scott Neese, who moderated the, the discussion the other night, he's the president of the Downtown Association. He'd probably want this picture to go all the way downtown past 4th Street because that whole road's going to be ripped up for years and years and years and years. Um, and then the darkish color, that's if we get high-speed rail as well. So uh, if you can't see these during these things and you want to see a, a larger version of these, go to futureofsapcenter.com. You can actually click on them and zoom on them as well. Mm -hmm. um, and, no, keep and going. There are other projects here, by the way, which have been proposed but are not on this map. So just to the right of the SAP Center, which is obviously in the middle and white, is Arena Green and Arena Green West. There's been a number of uh, projects proposed in that park as well. So that would serve as the fourth area around there. Now, so if you're, would that be something that the Sharks would control, or is that just another? That's right now. It's another one. We proposed an alternate thing that we would control. Um, there's a joke that sometimes I get told, which is, in the end of the day, we're going to have to be the Vatican in the middle of the Rome because everyone's going to be all around us. So we need a little <laughs> island that we can be on our own. If you're not religious, maybe that's not the best analogy to actually use. I look um, forward to the smoke above SAP Center at one point. <laughs> well, that's what happens when I'm about to announce the new GM. Yes, that's what I was thinking. Yes, exactly. Um, but I, here's the question to ask yourself. Um, if you live uh, north of SAP Center, odds are you come down 280 or maybe you come down 101 crossover 85 and you end up on 280 and you'll come back in through Bird and try to come up uh, what's now Barack Obama Boulevard, used to be Autumn. But as you can see by the reddish lines, uh, Barack Obama is gonna go from a one lane, sorry, from one direction, two lanes going in to a two directional. So we'll lose all the artery in and out. So that's gonna have to absorb a bunch of the traffic. Um, you're not gonna be able to pop off 87 during construction because BART's gonna have that locked down for periods of times. So you're talking the Santa Clara street exit. That's right. The Santa Clara street exit. Thank you for reminding me. So you're going to come in from the North and park in this garage. You said you didn't want to park in. Maybe, maybe that's what's going to happen. Everyone's going to get off at the airport and come in the back way. Not sure. That's what, those are the kind of details which we've modeled out, but we need the master planner to help us sort through during the construction. Well, it's clear that roads will be closed from time to time. We're not going to get away from that. We just can't have them all closed at the same time. Well, and you talk about the uh, the loss of lanes coming in on formerly Autumn Boulevard. 
uh, or is it Autumn Parkway? What, <laughs> whatever Autumn is, the now Barack Obama. But you talk about that. Isn't there also a push to eventually make Santa Clara? Uh, yeah, actually, way? I think, AJ, I think you've got another picture of that. So if you flip over, people will be able to see it. Yeah, there you go. So there is, uh, in fact, a proposal that Santa Clara which is currently two lanes in each direction that, so that's a total of four lanes that two of those lanes get converted into what's called BRT lanes, which stands for bus rapid transit. So they're bus only lanes that get to go fast because they don't have to wait for automobiles and it's illegal for automobiles to go in those lanes. Is this similar to uh, the changes that were made to market street in San Francisco? It, it is with a caveat, which is in Market Street, I've noticed that some drivers, probably you, AJ, <laughs> use the bus lanes anyway, even though you're not supposed to. <laughs> I don't and, go to San Francisco. So. <laughs> and some of the designs I've seen, it may not even be possible for cars to enter the bus rapid transit lanes. Um, and so there, we, we've been trying to put the slowdown on that. And I think there's an appetite from the city and, and others to maybe reconsider that and Maybe there'll be flex lanes that are buses during the day, but not during event hours. Not worked out, but we're trying to make sure that we don't. And one of the things that I want to make sure that people understand and why I don't focus on parking nearly as much as some other people do is you can always build a parking garage if you can find the land. You mm -hmm. can do that five years from now, 10 years. Now. We want the problem solved now, but that's what's called in city planning word a curable problem. Once you get rid of lanes, move the sidewalks in, build buildings, you can never get them back. Yeah. So what we're doing right now, and the reason we're amping the volume here, is we want to make sure that decisions that can be never be cured later don't happen so that we can't undo them. That's really what this focus is about. Well, let me ask about this graphic as well. Uh, I mean, obviously you see the yellow arrows coming in from three points. Is that actually where that change would occur yes and so you'd be going down santa clara street come up to four uh, i misunderstood your question no that, we just did that for the interest of getting close to the map santa clara that that bus rapid transit lane would go all the way through downtown i think it starts uh, just on the other side of where city hall is actually okay so they would create a bottleneck at like sixth street yeah, you're you're using an inflammatory word like bottleneck, which I appreciate you using. But yes, th this um, th the embracement of bus as the center of the transit would happen all the way back. I think even maybe as far as tenth. I don't remember the, exactly the road. Okay, because <laughs> that's the way I look at it. Is I'm sitting here going, you, you know, like why would you take the you know the two lanes each way that have worked out very well for a very long time and say no no. Let's take them down to one and literally create bottlenecks for uh, I'm someone who, uh, you know, we, we lived through the what the the road diets that were like put in place along, say, uh, I think Lincoln in Willow Glen. They, that, yep. that, you know, and now is it uh, can you still drive up and down that road? Yeah, sure. No problem. You can get in. But for me, is it slower? Yes, it is slower. It takes a little longer. Is it is it the end of the world? No, it's you know it's like an extra couple of minutes or something, but it's still you you, you don't have seventeen thousand people trying to get to one place using Lincoln Avenue, <laughs> you know. So AJ, I think that's the tension that exists in the system, which is 
in general, city planners want, and I think this is an admirable goal, to create a downtown which is more pedestrian friendly. We, there's not a ton of people that walk in downtown San Jose right now. Of course, you need more people like you that live in downtown to have more people walk in downtown. Yeah. Um, there aren't a ton of people that bike in downtown San Jose right now either. There, For a while, there were a lot of scooters and then the pandemic happened, so there are less scooters now, but probably we'll get more scooters. So in general, it's a very good thing to have more people live and work in downtown. If you have more people that live and work in downtown, then there'll be less cars that get used during the day and it's more possibilities. I mean, we're probably not going to be Manhattan, but it's more probabilities that we'll get a little bit of that Manhattan feel. All the right. challenge is, is it's not a from this ditch to this ditch. You're not going to, it's not a transformation that can happen overnight. And even when it happens, there's still going to be pick your favorite number, 50% of the people that come to the arena that are going to be by cars. And so we got to make sure that this is a slow transition that's planned well and then we end the end, and it's still possible to get there. We don't choke the thing off. Yeah. Well, and uh, what I, I'm trying to remember what the number was, but I know at one point we had discussed the season ticket holder base that you had the numbers that, you know, like how many would actually use public transit versus how many. And then there's also the idea of how many of the season ticket holder base. It's not that they. Uh, prefer a car over public transit or something. It's just that public transit where they are is just simply not an option. Yeah. So the, the numbers are a little staggering when you look at them, um, which is why as much as I want to embrace more public transportation, it's going to be hard and we need to work on it, which is right now for the average Sharks game about on the order of 12%, on the average of 12% of the people come to the building, either walking, biking or public transportation. Um, so that's not very many, yeah. uh, for a concert, the number is less, it varies on the concert, but it can be as little as five and as high as 10. So let, just to make things simple, let's say, let's be optimistic and say 10 to 15% of all guests currently use an alternative mode of transportation. Um, feet are also alternative mode, et cetera. Um, if you just narrow down for season tickets, that's both full and half. So not just full of and this this study was done during the pandemic so it's about a year old but it hasn't fundamentally changed more than 50 percent of current ticket holders do not live within 15 minutes of public transportation to even take it to the arena if they wanted to or if we incented them to do so so unless something and just give you some examples campbell los gatos uh saratoga morgan hill gilroy sacramento uh, you, you can kind of figure it out. It's not hard to bring up a map of public transportation. By and large, what's happened over the last 15 years is shark season ticket holders, which were dominant on the peninsula, have moved south. And I think it's probably true of everybody, but it's I see it in my own ticket base. And now, whereas 70% of the season ticket holders lived Willow Glen and north 10 to 15 years ago, now it's flipped up. 70% live Willow Glen and south. Wow. So it's stressing that part of the system. So BART, as an example, helps, but it doesn't really help nearly as much for that particular audience. That doesn't mean that's the only audience, but for that particular audience. Yeah. Well, and I also consider the idea of, like, that's just season ticket holders. Uh, you brought up concerts, you know, yeah. and then, then you can have, because let's be honest, if you get some particular 
huge name act and they're doing, you know, one date in an area like uh, like you have Paul McCartney doing two days in Oakland next month. I'm sure that people for something like that, they're going to be coming from Sacramento. You may have people coming from Reading or wherever, depending on, you know, how big the artist is, how big the demand is. And and you're talking about a building that is literally right on eight, eight sandwiched between 880 and BART, and you're still going to have the majority of people coming by car just because they will be traveling more than the distance that public service or public transit services. Yeah. So, AJ, we have a concrete example that just happened. Uh, I guess it's now six weeks ago, Dua Lipa uh, came to our building right after Justin Bieber and Bad Bunny, but we just did the Dua Lipa one. So like 12% of the ticket holders were from the city of San Jose. That's almost nobody. Uh, and only 40% of them were from Santa Clara County. So if you're not from Santa Clara County, odds are you probably didn't, don't have the option to take public transportation. Yeah. Yeah. I just, I don't get the push to make San Jose a mini Manhattan, but uh, whatever, fine. <laughs> but so again, I'm not arguing with the public elders of if that's the vision of the city, we can get there. We just need to be careful the steps we take when we get there. Well, and we talk about the cars and everything. Of course, you need parking. Uh, that's a lot of spaces being lost. Yep. Uh, again, I hesitate to, to spend all the time on parking because then the headlines are sharks complain about parking. Yeah, of course. Um, and yes, uh, we do have some issues with parking and as part of our arena management agreement. So that's the contract between us and the city. The city is required to provide a number of parking spaces, 3175. The exact number doesn't matter within a third of a mile. And we're going to dip below that number pretty soon. Actually, technically, we're already below it, but that's okay. We've given them a pass for now. The real question is the red stuff on this map is already slated to go away as part of the construction programs. And we've sort of said, okay, we can't do much about that. It's either going away because of BART, because of Google, or because of any of the other developments. The request is that the yellow goes away also. That's the ABC lot. I vote no. Again, I'm not trying to stir things up necessarily, but if it does, then all that will be left within what I would call easy walking distance, doesn't mean you can't walk more, you can, would be those in green. Um, which is substantially less than we had over the last 10 years, which means that if people are going to drive, and I think for a while people are going to drive, then they're going to have to park more than a third of a mile away. Um, half, mile, I don't know what the answer is going to be because there's not a lot of parking garages even within a half a mile. The next biggest one is whatever Adobe does to their garage, although it's not clear that garage is going to be open for everybody that wants it either. So, we're either going to have to build a parking garage or two somewhere in that circle. And I'm when I say we, probably not us. Somebody is going to have to build that garage. Or we're going to have to save one or more of these other things. Jeez. All right. Well, I guess... Uh... But AJ, you can walk from your house. Ha! Uh, I mean, okay. But it's if I do that, it's probably going to take me a couple hours to get to the tank. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know that I'm willing to forego that time, but, uh, you know, probably be good for the, uh, for the heart, a little exercise there, but, uh, I don't know, maybe a scooter. I don't know. When do they come and collect the scooters at the end of the night? 
Uh, is it before the I game's should, over? <laughs> I should know the answer to that, but I actually don't know. So I don't want to make up an answer. Yeah, if, if, it's, if it's before the game's over, then yeah, we have an issue. But if it's after, I could be talked into doing that. It's particularly uh, October, April games when the weather breaks a little bit better, sure. Yeah, probably not when it's raining. I would I would think no. You know, put that um, put that map back up, if you don't mind, for just a second. Sure. The other thing I ask myself is, let's say all of that goes away. Where's ADA parking? Yeah, that's big question. Because that's one thing I do notice when I do go to games. Those ADA spots are never not filled. Correct. <laughs> Don't know. To be determined. I'm sure we'll work out something. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm sure the city will get sued if they don't provide. No, no, please don't. <laughs> no, no, no. I'm not saying by you. Okay. I'm saying somebody, you know, that represents, you know, handicapped people would come along and say, you must provide. Fair. You know. um, so uh, we have all that. Is there. Hey, can I just throw one more thing in here? Sorry, you were going to go in a different direction. Yeah, no, go ahead. Throw it in. Again, the, the other thing is, is that, and I know this is going to be hard for people to accept, but in my mind, I'm not just trying to protect SAP Center. I'm trying to protect all the businesses and other things that are already downtown, Little Italy as an example, or downtown West, and the stuff that's going to come. When I read the downtown station area plan, and it's hundreds of pages long, so it's hard to read. I get it. Yeah. And when I look at all the other development that happened, what when I add it up, and we have a nice little table. It's, we had to go like 40 different documents to figure this out. It looks like an extra 200,000 or so people will come into this area every day than currently come now. So. Wow. I, let's say less than half of them come by car. It's still going to be. Look. Could be as much as five times as much traffic, but that's scary number. So let's say it's only twice as many cars as they are now. Mm -hmm. One could argue you need the current roadways and the current parking just to deal with the twice as many cars. Instead, we're going the other direction. We're reducing the roadways by half and reducing tra uh, parking spaces by less than that, by even more than that. So even if you think we're over traffic now, sorry, even if you think we have more parking than we need now, and I... I know that some people that are anti-car think we have more parking than we need now, and we have bigger roads than we need now. Okay, I'm not going to debate you, but we're at least doubling and maybe as much as 5Xing the number of people coming in, and yet we're shrinking every down thing down by half. That feels like a recipe for disaster. Um, I'm right there with you. Like, uh, you know, uh, <clears throat> there are a couple uh, places in downtown. Uh, I think one's called, like, the 88, one's called Axis or whatever, some, you know— uh, condos or whatever and those were places that we considered when we were uh moving before we moved to where we live now those are places we considered when we went there and we said what's the parking situation uh, obviously you're not going to get your own garage like you would in a normal single yeah. family home but two parking spots no one, one per home and it's like okay well then we, we we can't live here we have two cars we're not we are not going to get rid of one so uh, makes sense yeah it's, and the, I guess I don't. Some of these new constructions are designed for only one parking spot for every ten occupants. Oh my god! <laughs> so, 
Yeah, that that's that's the thing that I don't understand. The uh, again, I've I've been now a resident of San Jose for 15 years. Uh, I watched 10th Street, 10th and 11th Street were a part of my daily commute, and I yeah. watch it. I watched it go from three lanes in each direction to two lanes in each direction, so they could put in bike lanes. That over the time that I I watched the transformation, what happened? It took me on average an extra eight minutes to get home. And I would see on average three bikers a week. I would see more unhoused people using those lines for their carts than I would see actual people commuting, getting cars off roads. So when you see those types of things, I think it can be frustrating as a resident when you see something that has... They've spent so much money and I get their heart is in the right place. Like you, yeah. you'd want to see these bike lanes used, but the fact of the matter is they just aren't. Yeah. So well, we'll, we'll all hope they do get used more. Oh yeah. And I think the general trend is hopefully we do walk more. Hopefully we do bike more. Hopefully we do scooter more. The question is it, it's probably not going to be a hundred percent. So let, let's find the happy <laughs> media in there. All right. Well, look, with that, can we, can we have some fun and change direction? Sure. Yeah. We All, can right. All right. When's the smoke going up for the new GM? What do you got? Oh, <laughs> have you not heard already? I figure since he's your partner in crime, uh, I'm, oh, naming Brody? Er- I'm naming Eric tomorrow. Oh, I thought it was Brody. Yeah. I already said I'm not naming Brody. <laughs> um, yeah. I think I used this line the other day, so I'll repeat it because I haven't changed. Um, if, if, the search for GM was a hockey game with three periods in it. We're still in the first period. We're, we're well beyond the first shift, but we're, we're not at, we're not even in the first intermission. So we, we're, we've done a lot of work. Uh, we've created some personas of the kind of person we're looking for. We created a very long list of, I don't know, more than 50. I don't, I don't want to make up a number. We whittled down that list to like 20 to 25 based on pros and cons. Um, we're just now setting up what I would call wave one of interviews. Uh, and if you're in wave one, that doesn't mean you're better than wave two or wave three. That just means we're going to have three waves of interviews. So if you're a candidate and you go, yeah, yeah I'm in wave one. Means don't feel bad if you're one, two or three. There's just three waves. Yeah. Um, and everyone says there's no chance they're going to talk to more than four or five people. They're wrong. We're going to talk to a lot more people. We're going to be a lot more careful about this. We know what we're looking for, in my opinion, Finding it may not be as easy, and so that we'll take our time and make sure we find it. Uh, and because it's not just a GM, it's a collection of things that we're looking for. We're going to make sure that the that hockey ops is right, not just the GM. Oh, of course. So yeah, if doing the due diligence is expected, uh, do you think uh, it's finding a GM uh, is not predicated upon like the draft and all yeah, the other you things? Know, one thing that maybe fans don't know is the GM doesn't do that much. Uh, I shouldn't say that. Doug was heavily involved in the draft. <laughs> but, but most of the heavy work to the draft isn't done on draft day. It's done yeah. well in advance of that. And that's not done by the GM, him or herself. That's done by the team staff, by the scouts, et cetera. So we're – and that group hasn't changed in a while. So we're more than capable of doing all that due diligence. Now, you want the philosophy sent by the GM. Are we getting faster? Are we looking for more? Are we looking for a three C? Are we looking for best athlete or so that 
unfortunately isn't going to be set by the GM because we need that now. That's what we're doing right now, et cetera. So that's, you know, Joe as the acting GM setting that direction with consultation with me and Hasa. So that won't change. Will the actual new GM be at that draft table in Montreal when we unveil whoever's our number one pick? Maybe. Decent chance. And, but if that person's not there by then, that's okay. And is that the same approach you're going to uh, free agency with then as well? Uh, it's the, the GM is more involved in free agency, as, as you probably know. So I would love the GM to be in seat by the time free agency happens. But I'm not going to hire someone just to fill the slot by free agency. So if I said, yeah, if I don't get it by the draft, that's okay. I'd really like it by free agency, but not demanding. Gotcha. Although there's a fairly narrow window between the two. So, I, you know. <laughs> that's true. Uh, but you guys like your announcements. So maybe just drop it in there. Speaking of which, new Barracuda jersey dropped. Yesterday. Yeah. How'd you like it? Um. I know you. You don't like stealth. You think black no, is a no, curse no, no, when no. it comes to- I don't, I don't have a problem with the stealth. You know what? I'm just not a, f- um, uh, you know, I'm not trying to dump on anything. I'm just not a fan of the, uh, the, you know, the, 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 uh, the diagonal scripts. You know, okay. I feel like that's kind of a Rangers thing. You know, like, I don't like it that the Hurricanes do it. I don't like it that the Tampa Bay Lightning do it. It just feels like a Rangers thing. That's, that's my okay, only that's thing. fair. But well, in that case, we'll 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 not do it. We'll we'll take it back and trade something. <laughs> Pull else. it back. Oh boy. Uh, so there's going to be two more jerseys. Can we expect the next one to say Barra, so people can walk together? No. All right. Uh, the other one's going to say I'm with him. Uh, <laughs> uh, another cool thing coming up. No, the the other one is not script. I will. You can break it right now. The other one is uh, logo ish. Logo ish. Uh, it's logo adjacent. Is that what you're saying? It's in the neighborhood of a logo. <laughs> uh, you guys are going to Europe again. We are definitely going to Europe again. It's been a long time, too long in my personal opinion. We've been actively proponent of getting back to eat. Now, obviously you couldn't do it during the pandemic. Uh, when I showed up four years ago, that's one of the things I pushed quite hard with the league, which is we're an international team. We've always had more than our fair share of European players. Other we'd like to play in Europe again. Um, and, Times well with uh, Tomas, uh, who gets to play in front of friends and family in Prague for, I think Tomas said he's already been asked for 50 or more tickets. So it's going to be interesting. It's going to be the well, old. He does have a new contract. I think he can pick up a check once in a while. Fair enough. Uh, pick up a check. Was that a joke? <laughs> Take it however you'd like. Uh, so, yeah. So um, we're really excited. It's, you know, by saying it's too long, that's not me dumping on the league. That's saying you should expect fans that will do something like this again much. I don't want to put Prague in the rearview mirror. It hasn't even happened yet, but the gap between when we do something like this again will be much smaller, hopefully, but we're pushing very hard for it than it will be that has from the last time. Um, you'll also notice that there was, there's a stopover in Berlin before we have the two games in Prague. Um, it's intentionally not in Mannheim, which is where we went last time, although it's still in Germany. Again, expand our base. One thing I don't, I haven't seen much chatter about, so I'll just say, so that you can publicize it, is in the next, I'd like to say next week, but it'll probably take a little bit longer than that. So in the next couple of weeks, we're going to be announcing some fan travel packages. Uh, we're working together with Nashville, so there's some, not parody is the wrong word, but we, we make sure that we have the similar kind of packages. Not that Preds fans and Sharks fans necessarily want to travel together, but uh, there's not a 
Pecorine aside, there's not a lot of harsh rivalry between the two uh, fan bases. Um, yeah, so for those of you that can justify it, afford it, take the time off, et cetera, it'll be Berlin and Prague or Prague only. I got you. Wait, th- there might be a couple that have that still remember 2016. We don't know. Maybe. We don't know. <laughs> uh, finally, that is one of the all-time moments. All uh, Pecorino is a great goalie, but him breaking the stick over the crossbar is one of my favorite memories here. So, oh, one of my favorite memories was uh, when they asked, uh, "Oh, what was it?" I th- I'm pretty sure the Sharks had a video where they were asking questions to. Uh, various players and they asked Joe Pavelski what he thought about uh, a, a goal that was waved off and he goes yeah it was a goal <laughs> that's what I thought it was a goal it should have been over in five <laughs> um finally the uh we we talked at the early onset of this about the money that has been put into SAP center we've seen uh, new stairs on the outside new escalator inside a uh, whole new ice plant underneath and Coming up next season, fans can see a brand new center hung display. We know. Thank you for not saying jumbotron. Uh, what what's going on with the with the old display? Can somebody like drive over and pick that up? You just yeah, gotta throw it out the back. Just big enough that you can make it as your home TV that's, if you want. There's actually four panels, yeah, so four if people. you have a space that's about thirty feet by forty feet on your wall, let us know. Um, I mean, who among us doesn't? Yeah, exactly. Uh, so you're not so you're not taking it home. Uh, I already have the one from before. No, I'm just kidding. Oh, okay. No, um, actually, many of those panels can get reused in other situations and recycled. So we'll we'll make good use of it. Now, I'm surprised you didn't ask me for some hints about this new center hung. Um, you're, you're not good at hints. You never, you know. I thought I hint all the time. Oh, I've... okay. So, so maybe um, maybe throw, I'll say throw one. First out. of all, it'll be. A, I think I may have said this. This is not a new hint. This is a unique design. People ask me all the time, what other arena does it look the most like? Say Chicago. Say Chicago. <laughs> Chicago. Okay. Philadelphia. I, I would, but that's not telling the truth. Yeah. Philadelphia? I, I was going to say, I don't think it looks that much like any other thing. It, it is, I guess, uh, it looks more like Philadelphia than Chicago. There you go. There's a hint. Um, but it doesn't really look like Philadelphia. I will say there's two aspects that... Um, it's I've said this before. It's it's more than 50 percent bigger. So it's it's not like you're going to not notice that it's not bigger. But one thing about being bigger, because there's plenty of big uh, center hungs out there is it will not block anyone's view of the ice. And there are too many arenas that mm. I've been to that you cannot see through the center hung and see something on the other side or in a corner or a goal like that. So you can sit in any seat and still be able to see the entire ice. That's part of the what way we designed it. And number two, got a drum roll for me? You will have the same view of the scoreboard no matter where you sit. Yeah, that's the part that I've heard that I'm most interested in. I want to see how that's how that's going to work. Because oh, you heard this already. I didn't realize I never said this before. No, that, that part you had said, my because I look at... But it's not round. I feel you. But, uh, oh, hell, you're not doing that thing that Seattle did, dude. Are you doing it? <laughs> I was going to say. <laughs> I, I will officially announce we're not doing end hunks. Yeah, okay. We're doing a center hunk. Gotcha. Because I really, you know, when, when you look at the one at uh, AT&T Stadium for the Cowboys, like yeah. that is just looks like ridiculously overwhelming. Like this is too much. Yeah. But the one that uh is oh i can't remember the name of the stadium where the uh la rams play 
Yeah. Whole, now that was really inventive. I thought that was very ingenious. So well, if you like the difference between those two, I suspect you'll like what we've done. All right. I'm looking forward to this. Uh, when uh, is, <clears throat> look, like we know opening, you know, like preseason, first preseason games likely going to be at the end of September. That would be the first time as a hockey fan you get a look at it. But now I'm going to start the, uh, checking out the concert calendar and see, seeing if there's some, smart. <laughs> there's some concert happening in August where you can just kind of look up and go, uh-huh. All right, then that makes sense. <laughs> so the only other thing I will add is, uh, in addition to the physical manifestation of the center hung, we've replaced, well, we haven't yet. We will be replacing all the innards and electronics. And so it's controllable in very different ways as well. Does it move? All right. Perhaps it's a giant shark whose jaws <laughs> clamp shut every time we score a goal. Uh, maybe the maybe the center hung comes down now and the players skate through it rather than the shark head. Oh, oh that would be cool. That's not happening. Yeah, I did yeah. consider we did sketch that out once just to see if I could make that work. We can't. <laughs> All right. Well, thanks so much for joining me. <laughs> <laughs>